Welcome to The Jury Is Out, a podcast for trial attorneys who want to sharpen their skills and better serve their clients. Your co-hosts are John Simon, founder of the Simon Law Firm, and St. Louis attorney Eric Veith. We're back with another episode of The Jury Is Out. I'm Eric Veith. I'm John Simon. We're here with Roger Whitler and Ann Chambers of MOLAP. That's the Missouri Lawyers Assistance Program. Welcome, Roger and Ann. Thanks. It's good to be here. Thank you. I was a philosophy major and a psychology major, and I didn't know what to do. I wandered into law school. But at some point, if I had wondered whether I was in the right career or I was struggling with being a lawyer, I would now know that I could contact the Missouri Lawyers Assistance Program, Roger and Ann, and seek their help. And Roger and Ann, as you know, you're here today in this episode to talk about lawyers who contact you in that situation. So maybe I'll start with you, Anne. Could you tell us about how often you are contacted by lawyers who are either struggling with whether they want to be a lawyer or trying to find a better fit within their legal field? It's not uncommon for lawyers to think about perhaps making a career shift either anywhere from minor to radical. So it's a fairly common issue. Tell us how often you encounter this and maybe give us a description of the kinds of situations that you encounter. I'd say we encounter this probably more than a dozen times a year. And the range is anywhere from, I'm feeling depressed, so I'm thinking about making some changes in my mental health and perhaps also in my career. That's a common scenario. Or I'm feeling burned out and I'm thinking about changing and shifting away from the law. So for MOLAP, it's usually under the umbrella of some other issue that's causing the person to contact us. And then there's another hunk where people are contacting us with career change being the primary reason. And then the third kind of area is thinking about retirement and how do I sort of wind down and sometimes what do I want to do as part of that scenario? What do I do with my time, whether it's second career or something else? MOLAP is a much broader base than lawyers facing career decisions. Maybe if you could give us just a quick overview of all the kinds of situations that you encounter, of which career issues are are merely one. Well, you know, career issues are life issues, and we oftentimes overlook how important a career is to a person in their whole realm of life. That would include the family, that would include their education, that would include friends and everything else that their life would be held together through their career. So we see law students sometimes that are endeavoring to have a career in the law and they change their minds or they're hedging, as we would call it. They're kind of on the fence in their second year. We encourage them to reach out for support of those family and friends and coworkers, other students, and continue with what they made the uh, choice to do. I often think of the sunk cost fallacy, the idea that you can't give up because you put so much time into something already. And to be a lawyer will take, you know, at least three years of law school. And then there's often a significant investment in a legal career. There's a development of a community with which you relate in your practice. It's a massive investment. Maybe if either or both of you could comment on the extent to which that makes it really difficult to leave, even when you think you probably should leave. I believe that education is never a waste. I believe it's always a good investment. So to me, the question is, what do I do with the skills that I have? Lifestyle often is a little bit more of an issue for attorneys thinking about making career changes. For example, if you're earning a six-figure salary and you're looking to make another change, what's that career pay? 
And so the lifestyle adjustment is sometimes a factor. For example, if you're thinking about going from teaching to using that farmland you've always had that you've thought about using and turning into a profitable farm, the income might change. If you're looking at working in another executive capacity, the income might not. So it varies based on kind of where the attorney is in their age and stage, their family size, structure, whether you've got kids in college or you know children in daycare will make an impact on what career you choose sometimes and whether or not you've got to go back and pick up some additional education and training. Yes, I agree. There's a lot that's involved. And that's the biggest question that we have to answer when we're looking at someone who wants to change their career after they've invested considerable money, time, and energy. We want them to look at the complete evidence or the whole picture in another way to put it so that they can evaluate the evidence that we can see from an objective point that if you've committed 10 years, five years, 20 years, or even 30 years, or your second year law student, you know, if you've committed that much time to it, then it's a pretty serious intent that you have. So if it's changed overnight, that brings a question in terms of what you really want. I'm imagining a lawyer calling either of you to talk about potential career change. And a lot of these lawyers who call you are not unattached. They have families, they have significant others. And it seems to me that if you make the decision on your own without bringing your community into the decision, it could be a disaster. It's usually a good idea to talk to your loved one about the changes that you're thinking about making. For example, if you're thinking about contemplating a career change, it's always good for your husband or wife or life partner to know that. It's a good idea to sort of assess what are the skills that I've already got and what are the skills that I need. So is that going back to school or is it as simple as shifting from the law to focusing more on your MBA and your accounting history? If going back to school is part of the picture, how are we going to manage that? Do I work part time in the law while I go to school? Do I go to night school? You know, any of those kinds of things. And another factor is this other thing that I think I want to do what I really want to do. If you've already been working in a career for a good while, sometimes doing something else sounds great, but the reality of it is not as appealing. So spending a little time getting familiar with that field, perhaps day shadowing or checking it out. If you're already exposed to that field, you usually have a pretty good idea of what you might be getting into. But it's helpful to kind of get your toes in the water to see if this is really a good fit and then start making that shift. Roger, let's say someone decides or is thinking they don't want to be a lawyer anymore, but they don't know quite what they want to do instead. What are the next best steps? We're MOLAP and we're here to help lawyers. And what we do is we look at career difficulties as life events or difficulties. Understanding that a career decision is a very difficult thing for some people to do. And it can cause a lot of mental frustration. It can cause actual paralyzation in terms of what they want to do in life can have such a bad impact on their mental state. So the next step is to find out whether or not your career indecisive or you just have career indecision. And they're two different things. Indecision means I can't decide Indecisive means I'll probably never decide. So we're trying to use our mental health skills and theories that we have to try to find out what's the problem here? What are the barriers that are keeping this person from moving forward and uh, taking action? There's a broad base of research that we use that talks about their typology, the workplace typology. A lot of times a person doesn't like the job because where the job is located. 
they would be better in a different area or they are having difficulty with one dimension of the job, which may be with lawyers, especially dealing with the high stress situations. How does a lawyer decide whether they can tweak their current career versus go to another career? It seems like it's such a general purpose degree. How do you approach that as to whether you can you know, repurpose your law degree or whether you really do need to leave? For folks that are looking at making a shift within the law, sometimes it's as simple as starting to attend CLEs about the area of law that you're thinking about, focusing on more, getting a mentor in that area, looking for work in that area, or having a conversation with your current firm about, you know, hey, I would like to spend some time working on this area of law and maybe haggling. For some people, it's literally looking for a new job somewhere else, and sometimes it is going back to school, getting some additional training. It's not unusual for attorneys looking at making a career shift also to look at what are the skills they already have. For example, that bachelor's degree or that second career that I've already been working on and make a shift where they're spending a little more time in one of those areas. That's fairly common. Is the issue of personal narrative something that you consider? In other words, if you wake up in the morning, you go, who am I? You know, what am I here for? It's a much deeper question. As Roger's saying, it's a life issue. Does that play into it? Like you, you look in the mirror and do some soul searching about who you are and what your purpose is on the planet? That's a profound statement, Eric. When you're talking about these kinds of things, who am I? These kinds of questions. Again, we want to help a client or someone who calls MOLAP. We want to help them to find the answers to those questions. And, and we want to look at all the evidence. And again, we want to make sure that we don't do any harm. If an attorney wants to get out of the practice of law, what are the reasons behind that? By getting out, are you forever going to be burdened with the memory that you failed, that you couldn't do what you set out to do? So we don't want to see that loss of esteem, that loss of self-confidence in another way to put it. So we want to make sure that this is a well-thought-out decision, that it's a healthy decision, and that they're not going to run into the same problems wherever they go. I talk to young lawyers, older lawyers quite often that are thinking about going to another firm. They're changing their practice or just doing something completely different. Based on what they're telling me, I immediately conclude you're in a terrible situation. <laughs> the people that you're working with don't care about you, but yet they are so afraid of that failure word, you know, that you were talking about. And they're so afraid of what others will label them or what other people will think about them. What do you say to an attorney under those circumstances? Well, I try to help them to find some area that they're successful. You know, if you can find small successes, that creates that self-efficacy that we're talking about, and it rebuilds that confidence. And the sad thing about it is attorneys go through a huge amount of stress in almost all areas of practice. You know, the criticism is huge. And uh, I use the Department of Labor. You can link to it through ONET online, O-N-E-T online. They describe a lawyer's work style as the ability to accept criticism and deal calmly and effectively with high-stress situations. And so many times, uh, I think lawyers get traumatized by some of this stuff. We need to talk more about how they separate this from their personal and their professional interpretation of things that happen. You spend more time at work sometimes than you do with the folks at work than you do your family. And then everybody that's not at work, everybody else that you run into and meet at court or at social gatherings are all in the legal field. You can get to a point very easily where you're not seeing anybody or doing anything other than with people who also are in the legal profession. 
And being able to get away from that and separate it, I think that's crucial. You can't lose who you are. You can still be a really good lawyer and have another life, so to speak. Do lawyers know when they are reaching this point where they are endangering their mental health? We're trained to deal with it. Just deal with it, right? You know, to bear down more and more. And when it gets tough, we get tougher. And I'm wondering if it's something that you actually know that you're going through when you're getting into this danger zone. Many people have a good sense that, yes, I'm dealing with some burnout. But for some, when asked that question, it's a surprise. It's like, oh, yeah, that explains a lot. So sometimes when someone is burned out, a good place to start is dealing with that and helping that person get back into good shape so that they can start making decisions about what to do next. And do you find it's mostly the younger lawyers on this issue about changing either careers or firms? For younger lawyers, the decisions are often more about changing firms, actually. For attorneys who have been practicing for a long time, it's a little more about making a career shift, making a radical career shift, or making a shift into retirement. But for newer attorneys, simply the change from job A to job B is perceived as a very major decision, particularly in that first five years of practice. It's interesting that we're talking about retirement, but then not surprising at all once you think about it, especially nowadays, there's a lot of people that don't just retire. They do some sort of glide path. They do part-time law. They do other things. Could you talk a minute about a retirement as a new career? For many attorneys who are in that 60 plus, if they have been saving for retirement and they have other skills, sometimes solos decide, well, I want to move toward retirement, so maybe I'm going to stop working one day a week or stop working earlier in the afternoon, or stop taking new clients or as many new clients, because it can take a number of years to literally wind down a practice. So sometimes folks simply speed up that process. Other times attorneys decide to use some other skill that they've already got. For example, if you own your building and you've been renting out all of the other office space to others, and you really enjoy that, sometimes people will shift into working as a realtor or working in property management or something else that uses some of the things that they've already been building along the way. And many attorneys find that it's helpful to sit down and talk with their financial advisor if they have one when they're thinking about making a career shift. Some find that they have a lot of the money already invested and they're in really good shape. And others decide that, well, I need to really start thinking about actually saving for retirement. So I'm going to focus more on earning some income for a few years, or I'm going to focus more on taking some of that money and converting it somewhere else to help me make these changes. So I think if you've got a financial planner, once you know what it is you want to do, consulting them can be helpful in actually executing a plan. That's much further down the road, but often a good step Many attorneys who are looking at making changes will go in with a family member or a loved one to have that conversation. You have talked to a number of lawyers and you've heard of others who actually left the profession into a variety of new careers. Would you share with us some of those job changes? What are the new careers that lawyers go to? In my experience, some of the more popular careers are things that build on the love of history. So history teaching, teaching, things that are civics related, Things that revolve around helping other people in a business capacity. So working for a nonprofit or running a nonprofit, starting a nonprofit. For attorneys with a business background, sometimes using an MBA 
or using another business skill. A lot of attorneys also have some accounting credentials, doing taxes, some of those things. We have a lot of rural area in our state, so many attorneys have farms or plots of land or come from a farming heritage and grew up on a farm. So some folks kind of get into their farming roots a little bit more. Some gravitate, and this may be a little bit of a throwback to prior years because things have changed a little bit economically, but working as a headhunter, a corporate headhunter, becomes a something that attorneys do. And some end up in sales because attorneys often have good business skills and sales skills. I'm going to pick up on what Roger mentioned. It sounded like Hippocrates, you know, do no harm seems to be an important starting point. Roger, how would you start someone off if they've decided to leave, but you want to make sure they do it safely? What what are some of the things that you would recommend to those lawyers? Well, the first thing is that we understand that a career concern is a mental health concern. Retirement, changing careers, those are significant situations that need to be addressed, you know, in a healthy way. And that's just the basis of going forward. And again, a lot of people don't call MOLAP necessarily with career concerns. We hear about the symptoms that they're having, and then we find out that it's a career concern that's causing it. So again, a career concern is very, very serious. So that's why we, you know, are having this podcast and we're glad to be here. In preparation for this podcast, I looked on the internet to find out whether there's websites dedicated to attorneys who want to change careers. If you're thinking these thoughts, apparently you're not alone. Can you give us some idea of how much of this is out there where lawyers are struggling with these issues or contemplate? Well, there's some research in the ABA and in other professional literature that talks about what percentage of attorneys are working in JD required capacities versus JD preferred capacities. And so there are some attorneys that are working in non-traditional areas already. And then there's a chunk of people that leave their careers. And it used to be kind of believed couple of generations back that we started working for a company. We stayed at that company and we were there until we retired. We got a watch or we got a memento of achievement at that point. And so many attorneys who've been in the field for a long time are of that generation. What we find now is that in many careers, lawyers and others, people kind of reinvent themselves over and over and over again and make changes either in jobs or in their focus over time. So I think that attorneys are part of a larger societal change as well. But law is a high stress, high burnout job because you're dealing with people in pain. So Anne, how does the legal profession compare to other professions on those issues? You know, the burnout, mental health issues and so forth. Attorneys have above average rates of substance concerns, about twice the national average, according to a study done by the ABA Commission on Lawyer Assistance Programs and the Hazel and Betty Ford study. Attorneys have a significantly above average rate of depression as well. That's according to that same study and a few others. But burnout and career change, if you're in any career where you're dealing with people dealing with emotional pain and suffering, it is a factor in a lot of professional careers. It's a factor in education, in social work, in nursing, in medicine, in a lot of human service capacities. It's a professional phenomenon, more so when you're dealing with people in pain, but also in general. I think it's important to recognize that the idea of wanting to make a change, it's not an unusual phenomenon. It's a natural urge that many people have throughout their lifespan and throughout their career span, both in the law and in other fields. What guidance can you give 
an attorney, they're thinking about these things. What can you tell them or suggest to them to help them find out when it is actually a time to either change or at least talk to somebody seriously about it? I think first there needs to be an assessment of where are you emotionally? How are you doing in your career? Are you thriving? Are you feeling like you're getting by? Are you spending large amounts of time at the office staring into space or daydreaming? So what's your productivity? I think it's important to assess sort of how you're doing right now at the job. For example, are you performing well or are you getting negative feedback? Are you being productive? Are you spending a lot of time during the day in anxiety or in depression or in substance abuse? If you're in an emotional crisis, I think step one is to start to address that and focus on emotional well-being. And then step two is start exploring maybe some changes that you want to make. If you're already thinking about, I'm going to quit my job tomorrow because I just can't stand it. Definitely, there's probably a career crisis. And I think it's time to address both the career crisis, but also how to move forward in wisdom. For example, is quitting your job today going to serve you well? Or is taking some time to think about it and regrouping and then deciding what you want to do next is going to be more helpful. Sometimes when people are feeling like jumping out of the frying pan, they end up, you know, kind of in the fire. So how to make things better versus making knee-jerk decisions, I think, is sometimes part of this discussion. What is your sense about the proportion of lawyers that have reached this point where they're wondering whether to leave the law entirely? What proportion of those actually stay with the law and what proportion of those actually leave to some new career? Some actually just shift around in the law. Others make a long-term change and some circle back around. That's not unusual. I work as a teacher for a number of years and then I go back to the law or I work as a farmer part-time and I work now as an attorney part-time. So sometimes there's kind of keeping your feet in two different worlds. That's actually pretty common. Sometimes people will go back and forth between, say, being an attorney and working in taxes, literally run a two-career track at the same time. That's fairly common among rural attorneys and solo attorneys in particular. I also think that change is possible. And if you're considering making changes, you know, start of a year is a great time to consider it. This is a good phase of life also to consider change while we're in the middle of this pandemic. And I think that slow and steady usually runs the, the race when it comes to career change. I think that reflection and thinking about what do you want to do and how do you want to get there and what you really want is always a good thing to do. And I don't think that leaving is a sign of weakness or failure. I think it's just choice. This service is provided by the Missouri Bar, correct? Yes. Okay. And can you tell our listeners that may be interested, what do they do if they want to talk to either of you about these issues? What do they do? If you want to reach out to MOLAP, the easiest way is to call the 1-800 number. It's 1-800-688-7859. If you'd like to speak to Roger directly, his direct number is 573-638-2266. He's usually in the office 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. on weekdays. If you call the 1-800 number, otherwise you'll get whoever's first available. If you want to talk to me specifically, that's 573-638-2262. And I answer the phone 
when Roger's not here and also after hours. So I'm usually in the office eight to five on weekdays and then on call the rest of the time. So you can call literally any time. If you want to be seen face-to-face, we now have a face-to-face virtual portal, and we can give you the link to that. It's molap.doxy, that's D-O-X-Y dot me, and then it's front slash either Ann or front slash Roger. But that's a lot, so, you know, if you just call, we can give you the link if you want to jump online and be seen face-to-face. That's a new option. We started that this fall. And Roger has a lot of tools and resources related to career exploration. So if you're thinking about what do I want to do and kind of get really deep into the nitty-gritty, Roger's an outstanding resource for the specifics. Wonderful. I would add that your services, it's included in our bar dues. A lot of lawyers don't know this. So they can call you and talk to you, and it's not like you're going to bill them. They're already paying for it with their bar dues, correct? Yes, we're a free service in the Missouri Bar, and so um, member fees or a portion of the Missouri Bar budget goes to MOLAP. So we are literally a department within the Missouri Bar. All right. Thank you for all that good information, and it's been wonderful talking to you today. Thank you. Thank you. That's been another episode of The Jury Is Out. This is Eric Beeth signing off. This is John Simon. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. The Jury Is Out is brought to you by the Simon Law Firm. Share your thoughts with John and Eric at comments at thejuryisout.law. And subscribe today because the best lawyers never stop learning.